Hello and welcome to the Emerald City Video Podcast. My name is Logan and with me is Russ. Hi. Today we're going to be talking about the 1990s, 2000s era comedy, The Girl Next Door. I want to say like 2005 because I feel like I was at the video store. We were. It was 2000. I think in 2003. I, and the funny thing yeah. is I looked it up while I was watching it. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, no, it's this. Clearly we've done a lot of research. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Not impromptu at all. Uh, well, I mean, the, the upside is I haven't seen this movie uh, since the video store. However, <laughs> it was a movie that we put on at the video store. Oh, no, because we um, had the unrated edition at the video store. There was oh, okay, no way yeah. we put that on Yeah, the it must video be store. I just saw it a few times. I'm, I think I owned it back then. Uh, yep, and I'm pretty sure we went to go see it as a group from the store because our boss got us tickets to go see it because that kind of movie was 100% up his alley oh, and yeah. he was all about those like teen comedy movies. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure we it was one of those random moments where like he got free tickets, free screenings. So we all went as yeah. like a group. It was it's like funny. A... I don't know that I ever went with a group other than to the last Lord of the Rings. Really? You didn't yeah. go you didn't go to the Darkness Falls, the terrible Tooth Fairy movie as a horror. I didn't. Oh. Which is, I, I, it's funny. I, I can never remember if it's if it's Darkness Falls or Jeepers Creepers. One of the two. Uh, I'm friends with the guy who wrote it, um, <laughs> and I can never remember which because they're like in my head they're so like they came out at the same time. They had that same like generically ugly CG or not CG uh, uh, prosthetic bad guys. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Joe Harris, who does uh, X-Files comics and stuff like that. Uh, Joe wrote, I think it actually is Darkness Falls. Um, or at least the uh, Tooth Fairy short on which it's based. It's so bad. Uh, so bad. I, I don't remember liking either of them. And I, I, I say that with all due respect to Joe, whose work I generally really like. I don't know. Jeepers but... Creepers, for whatever reason at the time, and I have not seen it since it came out, I remember enjoying it, and part of it was because they didn't do the whole like sexual tension thing because the it was a brother and sister exactly right? yeah. the, the protagonists were brother and sister so they so it it had that thing yeah. going for it which I thought was cool I, I like that it's always a little different uh, they did something similar in Bumblebee where I've never seen that one the, oh, the, oh no no the, the, the new the, Transformers. Transformers movie yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean there is like a potential romantic coupling. But, like, for most of the movie, they don't play with that at all. So it's not, like, a thing. It's 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 So it's one of those things where the dynamic is totally different, especially when you compare it to, like, the Megan Fox thing where yeah. it's, like... Well, or... Yeah, and it's, that's, like, we, we don't have a bunch of shots lingering on... Uh, Whatever. Uh, Megan Fox... Uh, what? Just in general. Charlie is the character's name, and I'm, I'm for whatever reason... Uh, Haley Steinfeld. But anyway, uh, yeah, The Girl Next Door uh, was a movie that, that essentially, uh, I it had The Girl Next Door was Eliza Dushku, or no, not Eliza no, Dushku, um, um, uh, Cuthbert, Cuthbert, Cuthbert yep, yeah, from Cuthbert. Uh, 24, yep. and Emil and Hirsch. Emil Hirsch, it also had Timothy Oliphant in it Oh wow. uh, as uh, the porn producer, uh, it had Paul Dano. Uh, before he got super 
big i guess is the wrong word kind of he's just an independent darling yeah i guess would be the way to to describe him but it was one of his first movies and that's that's the funny thing a lot of these i mean other than uh cuthbert who's kind of remained in the like uh tv slash b-movie vixen arena a lot of the people in this movie are like critical darlings now right uh, but not necessarily huge, huge stars. Except no. I, I would argue Timothy Oliphant, but yeah, Oliphant is is yeah. inarguably a big star because of like he did seven seasons or whatever the heck it was of Justified. And yep. he's one of those guys who now has a face that everybody would recognize if they watch any kind of exactly. TV. Exactly. Yep. Uh, but the basic premise the is good we, drug dealer. Yeah. Yes. You know the good drug dealer Todd Gaines. When I when I did the All American. Uh, Thing at the C at the CW upfronts, I actually told uh, I told Tay Diggs I was like, you know, you have one of my favorite line reads in all of cinema history. He's like, what's that? And it's like the good drug dealer. And he's like, you've seen Go. <laughs> I was just, that's so funny. I was thinking about that movie not too long ago, and I was like, you know, I should really watch that movie again. That is so terminally 90s, though. I, I bought it for like $2.85 oh, or something. It's the funny here. thing is, I don't think I could watch that with anybody. It just, it's so terminally 90s. Oh, it's very, I mean, it, it came out in 99, and I but think... But it's still a 90s movie. Uh, well, that's the thing. I think part of the reason, like, I, I enjoyed the hell out of that movie, and as it... Part of that too is our t- the time period in which we saw that movie. Yeah, well, and, and '99 was a fucking great year to go to the movies. Yeah. Like I remember, I, I had a friend who was going through some stuff in college, and so to get away from Lots of campus, we would go to movies like twice a week, and it was just like mm. there was a point in time where if I, I I literally made like a my top hundred movies, I think for the video store, uh, for whatever reason, uh, to give like to give to some of our favorite customers or whatever. Nice. And I think, like, 15 of them were from 1999, because it was, like, American Beauty came out that year, Being John Malkovich came out yep. that year, Three Kings, Fight Club, Go, like, I, I can't even think of all of them. Well, Kevin um, Smith movie came out in 99, didn't it? Uh, that was Chasing. Dogma? Um, or Chasing Amy. Dogma came out in no, either no, 98 or 99. 99. I, no, was... you know, it was definitely 99, because, either yep. 99 or early 2000, because, uh, when I was doing my internship for Wizard, like before I went there, I met Kevin at uh, at that con, right? Like, yep. October I was just of ninety. Say, I remember, yeah, and you were chatting with him for a while. Yep. And it was all about how Disney at that point was not releasing mm-hmm. the film. Yep. No, I do remember that. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, so yeah, the yeah. premise anyway. So, <laughs> so the premise is uh, the protagonist Emil Hirsch is graduating high school and he's. Trying to get a scholarship, very, uh, very typical uh, kind of high school over overachieving kid. Gotten to Georgetown, but needs a scholarship. His life is going fine, but boring. And he meets a the literally the girl next door who is drop dead gorgeous and being typical overachiever, awkward with girls, doesn't know how to react around her, and. Generally, you knew this walking into the movie because they did not make any attempt to hide this, but she was a porn actress. Mm-hmm. What the movie doesn't tell you is he doesn't know that going meeting her and he forms a rela- he starts to form a relationship with her, finds out, predictably blows it, yeah. and then spends the rest of the movie coming to grips with the fact that, oh wait, 
she, is she really the porn actress or is she really the person that he had the interactions with before he knew she was a porn actress? Yeah. And that's essentially what the movie is about is who are we really? Is, yeah. it, is it the personas we put forth in our everyday lives or is it the kind of behind the scenes? Is that who are we really? Yeah. And I, I remember this movie was probably not enhanced. Uh, and I, I'll take that back. The The character, Amelia Hirsch's character, was probably not overly enhanced by me being such a big fan of Chasing Amy. Because I kind of felt like this was the teen sex comedy version of that same thing, where it's like Holden had a little bit more, uh, ultimately had a little bit more self-awareness of the fact that, like, this is me being stupid about this, and I just can't get over it. Whereas Emile Hirsch, it was treated more like something that she had done. Um... Honestly, not really. And upon going back and watching it, he he actually, like, and it's, I don't know if it's well done or not. And, right. And in general, so going back and watching this movie, I which I, which I, full disclosure, I still love this movie, and I can't tell how much of it is nostalgia, which is absolutely a thing with this. Oh, yeah. There's... Versus how much I actually enjoy the movie. But it has some really weird to poor pacing and oh my god they do this really stupid thing with a tagline uh they have like three that they constantly bring up throughout the movie that it's just so awkward and out of place every single time it comes up you're like oh this okay they're doing this okay sure um but the thing the first act where he's forming this relationship with her before he finds out and kind of like I'd say that the, the first act ends with him blowing it. He knows that it, right. Like he, he takes her to a hotel room after he finds out mm-hmm. and he like does all these stupid macho things that you as the audience know is stupid and dumb. Right. He even knows it's dumb. He's getting advice from his overly sexually charged friend and at the moment where she is like kind of he thinks oh she's going for it yeah he literally in the scene like zips up his coat and like i don't want to do this anymore and she reveals to him like i know what you're doing this is what you wanted right and he's like no i don't really know what what i want somebody else made me do this uh, so yeah. i he knows pretty quickly like no, yeah. this was a dumb idea it's also it's funny because like as you're describing and again like I, yeah. i've seen this a handful of times but it's been a long time it sounds like an it sounds like an episode of a sitcom and now going back it kind of feels like it mm-hmm. uh you can kind of see like oh well there's a break here there's a break here and yeah. it honestly isn't until <laughs> this is the episode of friends where joey gives everybody terrible romance advice yes yeah. yes well and it's not really until the second act where timothy oliphant shows up yeah. where it kind of like i don't want to say it gets good but it, well, it moves it starts to move along I, I feel like when you're when your protagonist is flawed and like the love interest slash object of his desire like she's more or less flawless in the sense that she's a fully realized character who's also like incredibly sexy and blah 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 right so like i feel like what you really need there is the justification for like why is she into him and oliphant helps present some of that in a very kind of tactile way yes because as soon as she as soon as he blows it she goes calls up her former porn producer slash 
former boyfriend, because right. why not? And wants to go back into porn because she realizes she can't be a real person anymore, which is where her flaw comes in. And right. Like, oh, okay, yeah, she's... I think... I, I don't know. I, I felt like the movie hit you over the head with, oh, she's damaged goods, which I never particularly liked even watching it mm -hmm. and even hate like even more so now upon rewatching it yeah it, it is tough, especially because like the the conversations yeah. that we have day to day about toxic masculinity were not something that was happening nope. 10 15 years ago and so a lot of these kind of it's like i was talking the other day about an episode of psych where it's like you you look back at certain dopey little things and it's just like i get it you aren't bad people but this wouldn't fly now and there's yes. kind of a good reason for that yes and then to the movie's credit it she never says that she mm -hmm. never it's it's never bluntly stated and she it's not like she's been abused and she yeah. she never says like why she started doing this I, it's vaguely glossed over of like i just i you know i went out to la went to school and i just kind of decided to start doing this mm -hmm. and she never gives a reason why yeah but from that moment on until of course third act where she comes back to him and realizes no i don't have to do this i am a the real me is not this it's who right. i was when i first met you she it's implied and it looks like she's not really happy with this decision this was yeah. not really what she wanted to do it's not who she is and it's it's that like hero's journey of like hey i already had this thing oh wait now i have to fight for this yeah and then and again that's where the the action of the movie picks up because Timothy Oliphant really kind of progresses that movie and is like this yeah. over the top. I mean, just like in go of yeah. like this, he's not a drug dealer in it, but he might as well be like, he plays almost that exact same character. Yeah. Which was his thing for a while. Yeah. Um, it's funny because like, I remember when league of extraordinary gentlemen came out, I couldn't tell the difference between him and Shane West. <laughs> and you kind of can get why when you look back like first of all they looked a lot alike when they were yes, younger but also yes, like the the very kind of dude bro version of tom sawyer that they went with in that movie feels like something that oliphant would have played around this time yep and i think better although yeah a probably. lot of things could have been better about that movie yeah uh shane west now by the way is going to be bane on gotham really yeah yeah that would be uh, interesting I have not kept up with that. It's ending this season. This I, is the last year. Right. You know, they're uh, doing I mean, their version of No Man's Land. I liked what they were doing with it. Mm -hmm. uh, I just stopped watching it because yeah. reasons. I'm, I'm, real reasons. And this is a whole other conversation, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. one of the only things that really kind of like bugs me is that, again, they're doing Bane and No Man's Land because they basically want to do the greatest hits in the last season. Right. But it's like, between Dark Knight Rises and this, I feel like casual viewers... Uh, which is the broad majority of the audience, are going to somehow feel like Bane is tied to No Man's Land in a way that he really isn't in the comics. Nope. And like that's a weird thing for me to get hung up on, but I really like both of those stories independently, and I would rather they didn't get mashed up into a general like greatest hits of the 90s mixtape. Uh, but anyway, that's a whole yeah, other... That's uh, fair. I see where you're going. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, it's funny because Oliphant now... like. I feel like almost nothing he did in his early career would be something he would even consider anymore. Oh, absolutely like, it's, not. Like, it's so weird because he's, he's You become... see his evolution. Yeah, You yeah. really see his evolution uh, if you look at some of his earlier work because, oh, he's refined. He's sanded some of the, those rough edges that yeah. he, he used to do because he, he played that, like, 
crazy, manic personality perfectly. He really did. And it's funny, because you look at a lot of his early work, and it was like he's very much a character actor, very much in that same vein for a lot of... You could almost, like... If he made a wrong turn, he could be Sean William Scott. Yeah, he could be a guy whose career is basically stagnated in 1999 doing the same thing to diminishing returns because that character's not wanted anymore. Uh, full disclosure, from what I understand, Sean William Scott's really good in uh, Lethal Weapon now. Oh, nice. But I haven't seen it. Um, well, and, I mean, at least Timothy Oliphant didn't have the more comedic parts yeah, yeah. To, to it that... Sean William Scott yeah. did, or in, a in lot of those kinds of actors. right. I mean, yeah, no, no. And I was just picking him out of a hat. No, I know, but 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 I think that's that's the difference yeah. between what Timothy Oliphant played, and I think allowed him to transition to the more dramatic and serious roles. Yeah. Is his characters over the top, grungy, like disheveled, but usually I mean, it had comedic parts to them. But yeah. that was not their core character. They always had this like air of serious crazy to them yeah that was like oh you're more kind of badass than you are silly funny and it's funny because i feel like he became a success in part by leaning into that yes because even once he became a hero it was like the anti-hero badass yep absolutely justified obviously because the as you're talking about this and i'm like you're right you're right you're right my brain immediately goes to he's judd nelson yeah and obviously judd nelson uh is not an actor whose career has grown as he's aged. And I think part of that is because he saw his direction. He saw himself being Timothy Oliphant. And he said, like, I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to do trial and error. And I'm yep. going to like I'm gonna do romantic comedies. I'm going to try to yep. like break out of this mold. He didn't lean into the skid. He tried to go someplace entirely different, and people didn't see him that way. Right. And so early on, he hurt his own career by trying to help it. Uh, whereas, yeah, 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 with Oliphant, it's like he he leaned into what people perceived of him, and he he built grew something it. out of it. Yeah, no, yeah. he he really did. He really did. Um, and I know we're talking a lot about Timothy Oliphant, but yeah, yeah. in in a lot of ways, I think without him, this movie wouldn't be as good. I yeah. mean, it just wouldn't. I, I will say I love Cuthbert. Um, oh no, and uh, she, yeah. from what I remember, she was very good in this, but. She too feels like a sitcom act. Like I think part of the reason that people fell in love with her on Happy Endings is because that's kind of where she, like that's that's where her archetype fits the best. Mm-hmm. Even on Twenty Four, she always felt a little out of place because she felt too much like an ingenue, and like all the terrible crap happening around her, you're just like, I don't want this to happen to her. <laughs> uh, and 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 to me, Happy Endings was a place where I I looked at her and I'm like, you are using her skill set as effectively as anybody's ever done it. Nice. Um, I don't know if you ever saw that show. Uh, I um, Happy Endings. Yeah. No. Uh, Basically, the, the, con- to... the conceit of it, like, you know, say this without spoiling, because it's literally the first scene, of the first episode. Um, it's a group of friends, a la friends, and the core of the group is Alicia Alicia Cuthbert and her fiance, who I can't remember his name, but he was a he's, he's a character actor comedian. You'd recognize him if you saw. Um, but uh, they're engaged, and she leaves him at the altar and runs off with like some random dude. And then when she comes back from her fling, because she didn't stay with the random dude, it was just an excuse to go to run. Right. Uh, When she comes back from her fling, it's like, you broke the friend group. You ruined this guy's life. 
and now you want to get back in and like two of the six friends want to let her in two of them are very opposed to it and you know so you get that and it was it was i'm making it sound much more serious than it really feels because it was a very zany kind of show um you can watch the first season for free with ads on on voodoo excuse me Oh, um, nice. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's, it is it is something that's been on my list for a while. Yeah, and, and again, like, yeah. it's free. Cuthbert's really great in it, and I like her a lot in this movie, but I do think that, like, you're right. Like, Oliphant lends it an air, like an edge. Yeah. That well, helps it which, to be more which, than a sitcom. Which the way this movie went needed, needed, especially in the second and third act, and the interactions between him and Emil Hirsch, who was fantastic in this movie as well, um, I mean, honestly, the, the cast was great. Like, the cast nailed it with everything that it needed to do. And for most of part, these actors and actresses were fairly young. Yeah. The beginning of their careers. And they nailed it with their emotionality and what they did with this film. And it works. And it's, it's, it's funny, too, because I feel like Hirsch went from this to immediately being, like, nominated for Oscar. Like, um, I, I'm yeah, sure he probably no, had something in between absolutely. this and Into the Alpha Wild Dog, or whatever it was. Into but... the Wild. Yeah, and, and it shows, like, oh, wow, like, he went from this comedy. And he's... He's the protagonist, so he's actually not like he's got his comedic moments in it, yeah. but he's much more the straight man in this. Yeah. To to Timothy Oliphant's more like zany comedian. And to not Dano, even zany. And Dano's, and Dan, um, like... Dano's quiet comedy and his his friend who I'm maybe went to do something I just yeah. didn't know. Well, it, it to me it feels a little bit like let's move away from sitcom and say like almost like an 80s comedy where you have the guy who's like the point of view character and he's surrounded by everybody else as kind of a caricature or a larger than life. that's exactly what he was. I mean, he had his better off dead kind of almost. And he had his, he had his character points, but Mm -hmm. the whole point of the movie was that you're more than that. So he broke out of that. Um, So yeah, I mean the second act of the movie is um, him fighting for her, Mm -hmm. you know, showing her that, Hey, she's not, just this porn actress yeah. you're more than that you showed me i'm more than that and the third act uh which of course she 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 realizes it mm-hmm. and comes back and the third act is the basically the confrontation point of so because she came back to him she left a shoot which mm-hmm. cost the Tele- timothy Alva's character thirty thousand dollars and now wants it out of emile hirsch's yeah. ass and so now he has to get thirty thousand dollars uh, present a speech which determines whether or not he gets a scholarship to go to Georgetown. Right. And it all comes to a head, of course, with him graduating on prom night. Right. So it's like all these this confluence of things, and in my opinion, has a good kind of twist to get him out of it. It's not yeah. just the whole like, it doesn't go where you expect it to go, which was kind of the point of the movie. Right. Because the movie sold itself on porn. Oh yeah, it absolutely sold itself a porn. She's a porn actress. Whoa. And in fact, I if you remember, yes, there was the rated and unrated versions of the DVD, and the unrated version, which is what they they really like pushed. They yeah, pushed. They pushed. Um, came wrapped in a fake brown bag. Yep. Like the because basically the poster art that ran in theaters was uh he's in the background, yep. Alicia Kuf, or Alicia Cuthbert's in the foreground in like a tube top and short shorts, and then. What they did for the unrated cut of the DVD is the brown bag covers the tube top and short shorts, so it looks like she's naked. Yes, and the funny thing is, I'm pretty sure it's a PG-13 movie. Yeah. Without the yeah, unrated version, even the unrated version, 
It's, uh... No, it might actually be R, because there is... is oh, no, no, no. Because that's the difference. Because the unrated does have, like, one scene of nudity, I, I, topless nudity, when they're... Because they go to the ABN yeah. Awards to get... When she, when she goes to, uh, back into porn to get her back. Right. That's, like, the only scene... Which is funny because, like, uh, it's not the AVN Awards, but, like, the adult video conventions that they have. Right, yeah. Uh, one of... Every oh, time right. anybody it's a mentions... Convention. It's a convention. It's not the AVNs. Every, every time anybody mentions the conventions, all I can think of is that story of um, oh. Jim Loperfito, the owner of Emerald City, going to one of the AVN conventions... Or one of the adult video conventions, conventions and tripping over uh, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum because he was, like, yeah. tying his shoes or something. And Jeff Goldblum getting, like... Super angry. Super angry. Like, basically thought that it was done on purpose, which you can understand both perspectives, but it's yeah. like, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, like, my, my old boss almost got into a fight, fight with, with Jeff, Jeff Goldblum at a porn convention. Yeah. Um, so yeah. every time anybody brings up a porn convention, that's literally the first thing that pops oh, into my head. That's um, great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and that's, I mean, the movie is a pretty <clears throat> simplistic, pretty, I, I mean, I don't want to say by the numbers teen sex comedy, because... I don't think it is. Right. When, well, and, and in, part in execution, of part of its but, thematically is like part of the idea right. is it's subver- subverting those expectations. Right. So it's not. But, you know. but it's enjoyable. But one of the things that I don't think it's talked about about this particular movie is the soundtrack is amazing. It it opens uh, with Queen and David Bowie's "Under Pressure," mm-hmm. and it ends with the Who's "Baba O'Reilly," and all the music in between is just amazing i i i it, it i mean it may, i'm sure i'm biased because of the era i, I grew up in but it it kind of runs that gamma gamut i honestly i kind of hearken it to a cameron crow film in terms mm. of soundtrack yeah um very very reminiscent of unfortunately i still water um almost, almost famous. Famous, yeah unfortunately i think a lot of the time and this happens with cameron crow as well those kinds of movies don't necessarily get credit for their yes. soundtrack because there's not an original song. Yes. And so it's like the the skill set of like selecting and procuring and editing and all that kind of stuff, it, it's a lot of work. It's really hard. And there's a skill set there that is unappreciated because like, well, you didn't go get an original. Right. And it's very much like casting, yes. which again is something that I think probably based on our conversation about this movie, it's like, the casting agent on this movie should have gotten some kind of recognition yes. because it's like you put together Maybe a bunch it. of basically no names and then the most yeah. of them turn out to be like big stars and not only big stars but credible actors yeah so so it's like you look at people and it's like oh you can you even when he was an unknown you could cast brad pitt yeah. because brad pitt is the male version of alicia cuthbert um yeah. but like and so you can pretty much guarantee like that person people are going to notice that person because yeah. they're gorgeous uh but surrounding Brad Pitt with a cast of people who enhance him uh, instead of just drool on him uh, is the trick. Yes, uh, and and I think I really do think this movie did that well. I mean, there definitely has some flaws mm-hmm. uh, to it. I mean, especially going back, the pacing is definitely off. It, which again, I almost kind of wonder if that's because they decided they wanted a PG thirteen movie, and which and they absolutely, yeah. absolutely uh, because it. Yeah. They they sold it on its porn thing, yeah. porn premise. But when you start to watch it, you're like, this isn't that bad at all. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's skin, but not nudity. I think that's part of why it was probably not a, a hit in the vein of like American Pie. Oh yeah, because it came... it wasn't and it wasn't a raunchy right. And it that, was that's... not raunchy, but it was sold that way yes. very much. Yes, and and like. 
think it was Universal, um, which is the studio behind American Pie. I, I could be wrong, but um, I, I, I feel like I remember watching the trailers, and I, I eventually watched the movie probably because you told me I should. Um, but, like, I remember watching the trailers and thinking, like, oh, American Pie. Yeah. Well, and, and, and yeah. I feel like it was kind of marketed that way intentionally because at the time, American Pie was still kind of a, a viable franchise. Yep. No, it was. It was. I think it was. I think it was on its second, if not third, or spinoffs. Like yeah. the spinoffs had started to come. So yeah. Yeah, I th- I don't think the spinoffs started coming yet because I remember the spinoffs being a thing when I was at Blockbuster like two three years after I left okay. Emerald City. So so not um, quite then. So it must have been the third one or yeah. the second in between the second. Yeah, it's it's yeah it was. But it, timing on those are weird. And, and yeah. the timing on the it, like it, it was also it, that's a weird franchise because like. The direct-to-video spinoffs did so poorly yeah. that they ended up going back, back to, to a it. theatrical feature and then wrapping up the entire franchise and then being like, nope, done now. Yep. Uh, yep. We're not going back to this well. Yeah. Yep. Uh, no, we're, we're, we're good. Which is funny. I'm sure that at some point soon somebody will be talking about like, you know, it's been 20 years since they were in high school. Yeah. <coughs> it's time It's time to bring – well, but they already did that because the last the, – Yeah, one, the last one was, was a reunion. Was a reunion, yeah. But, I, but at the same time, yeah. like – the fact that it was American Pie, American Pie Two, American Pie Three, yeah. and then American Reunion—it's like, or no, they did Wedding and then Reunion. Yes. So there's, but I, I almost feel like you know you could do Reunion Two or you could do American Pie twenty years later. Like you, you, you could. could I, I don't know that there's well, a, a market lot of those for it. Actors but... and actresses actually aren't doing anything anymore. Yeah, it's funny. It's um, it's, yeah. it's kind of the opposite of The Girl Next Door, yeah. where like the movie wasn't a huge hit. None of them got really famous at the time. But like now, now they're, they're they now they would American be Pie. unattainable. Yeah. American Pie, it's like they all got super famous for like four years. Yeah, and, and then now, yeah. nothing. Uh, although Reed's I career. I still <laughs> love Bored to Death, uh, which is nice. Oh no, that that's Schwartzman, not Biggs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I well, was... and I liked Biggs's run on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on Nickelodeon. I know yeah. he's no longer on it. But, yeah, yeah. But he, I, in general, I like that show. He got fired because he he got told to take down a bunch of offensive tweets, and then he didn't. Yep. Um. Which is the conversation we were having earlier. Yes, and very that's, much so. that's actually one that I was... Uh, in general, I don't like firing people for social media behavior unless it's really abhorrent. That but, one was. I, I felt... uh, well, but also, I always feel like, you know what? When your employer goes to you and says, like, here's the rubric, yes. stop being a dick. It's like, if you don't stop being a dick, you take your life in your hands. Yes. And actually, recently he did an interview where he said that. He's like, look... I wouldn't have done it if I, if I had to do again. I wouldn't have done it. Uh, they were entirely right to fire me because like I was being an ass. And like you can you can agree with me, you can disagree with like the jokes and the whatever. Right. But like once your employer comes to you and says like stop it or you're fired, that's your choice. Yeah. But anyway. Well, and, you know, at least got on him for recognizing it. Yeah. It may, oh, yeah, it yeah. may have taken him a, a lot of people. Years. A yeah. lot of people don't recognize that kind no, of stuff ever, no. and it's yeah. It's, Which again, it's the Roseanne of it all, where it's just like, really, you don't get it? Okay, whatever. Okay. Yep, whatever. We're moving on. Yeah. Yep. And so did the studio. Yeah. Because <laughs> now they have a. Yeah. Uh, doing and a, like the spinoff isn't nearly as like as as it's not the highest rated show on the no, network, but, but, but it's, it's doing what it needs to do. The fourth highest rated show on the network, and it's which it, is saying something. And they're doing that without the main her price without her bad pr without yeah, all yeah, of the exactly. it's like I, I guarantee they're probably happier now than oh, they were absolutely I mean, um, you know the cast is because she was always always uh it was a looming for, yeah for for drama yeah always 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 and controversy always because she during the original run she had issues oh yeah yeah no absolutely uh, i mean it's famously so yeah. famously so so yeah. 
No, absolutely. But uh, I mean, in general, um, it's something. This is a movie I would recommend. Even mm. even going back to it, I mean, you just know that you are gonna probably run into the first act of like, yeah, it's a little slow. You have yeah. to get through it. But it's it's honestly, I enjoy the movie. It it always it, made me feel good at the end. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And love, and it's love triumphs overall. Yeah. Blah blah blah. And it's a movie of its period. So like yes. you 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 know going in like there are certain tropes of this point period in time. Like the the discussions about gender and sexuality aren't going to be super super nuanced but no. like and i'm almost positive there are jokes you know disparaging jokes about homophobia uh, that yeah. you would not fly in today's time uh, at least one yeah um, and it's one of the like yeah it, i want to have a real conversation about that some like specifically an episode about that yeah. sometime because one of the things is like I actually if, have the perfect movie about that. Yeah, actually, we'll have to talk about that after that because it's, 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 it's one of those things to me. Like, there's no right or wrong answer. People who are genuinely offended by things that are not done in bad faith but that are tasteless, I fully understand it. Um, but like, I, I saw somebody the other day shared a thing that was like, millennials are furious about Seinfeld being, uh, like, watching oh. Seinfeld, and I'm like, no, they're not. Like, I, I looked at the story. No, you have four tweets of people who are basically saying, oh, shit, that joke wouldn't fly now. And you turn it into a slideshow about how millennials are trying to censor science. Nobody's trying to censor shit. Shut up. Uh, like, maybe one of those four people said, man, I wish this wasn't on my Netflix. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, uh, so, like, there there is a conversation to be had about, like, how if things are not done to be cool but that time was less enlightened, how do we respond to it? So, and, and I, I, I agree with you. I, I think, and this is tough, mm-hmm. because you never do know somebody's intention. Right. Especially in media format. And especially in comedy. Yes. Like that's... Well, and that's, and yeah, that's where I'm going with that. I, and I, it may not be a popular opinion, and... I'm going to apologize for any controversies this may cause. I, my opinion, again, opinion, (laughs) I do think intention matters and should be a part of that conversation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, And and again, that's why I try to differentiate between good and bad faith. Yes. And it's the same thing with criticism. Absolutely. Good faith criticism where people are like, you know what, this is genuinely hurtful and I want to have a conversation about it is one thing. Bad faith criticism where it's like, I'm not really offended, but I'm trying to prove a point. Yes. uh, Is very common. I mean, that's the James Gunn thing of it all where it's like, no, those guys, like there might be people who are hurt by his behavior. It's not those guys. Those guys were doing it to prove a point. You know what I mean? Yes. But, like, so to Which, me, that, and, that's a, a huge part of it. Yes, and not to say the people who are trying to prove a point are wrong in their point. The way they do it is, can be, and in this case, atrocious. Right, right. Yeah, uh, their point may not be. May. And, and that's the right, thing. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, uh, conversation, and I think that's the point. Conversations need to be had, mm-hmm. and a lot of times it doesn't. Yeah. There's a lot of fear behind those conversations and i think because of the fear of offending somebody because of just having the conversation based on the already offensive thing yeah and that's scary Uh, i personally can attest to that that is very scary yeah i do also think it needs to happen yeah yeah absolutely but yeah but yeah i do i do actually have what in my opinion what i think is the perfect movie for you know the, those time period of jokes and like yeah, yeah. Uh, like in particular with 
homophobia. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it, the comedy Sex Drive. I haven't, no. Uh, it's It's got an interesting cast. Uh, Seth Green, uh, James Marston hmm. uh, is in it, um, are probably the two biggest actors. Yeah. Uh, but it's just kind of like, oh, okay. But yeah, it, that's that's a good one for it. I've got a Seth Green on my wall over there. It's nice. My Dujour poster. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's I yeah I yeah I, that I, would, I, I, that, I that would be fun. Yeah. And I, the, what I might want to pair it with is um, the third episode of Cheers. Uh, and, okay. and we can get more into that later. Yeah. But there's a the, the third episode of Cheers is is an episode called The Boys in the Bar, mm-hmm. and the conceit of it is incredibly progressive, especially for 1980. I think three. Um, Basically, Sam is a former baseball player. Right. Um, one of his old teammates writes an autobiography. He wants to do a launch party and a signing at the bar. And Sam says, of course, yeah, no problem. And the guy comes in. And he's like, did you read the book? He says, oh, no, I haven't had time. But, you know. And he says, I really wish you'd read the book, Sam. He comes out in the book. And he says that, you know, back when he was a ball player, and he and Sam used to go carousing and, and sleeping with dozens of women. Uh, that he, For him, his friend, not for Sam it was overcompensating right. uh, for his, his feelings of, of inadequacy and, and blah, blah, blah. Right. And so they have this, the launch party and they, they get in the newspaper for being friendly to this this guy and it becomes like a lot of the regulars get worried that it's going to become a gay bar because like the public, this is what the public That's public perception. Yeah. Right. And it becomes this thing where uh, Diane essentially says like, I happen to know there's a couple of gay guys in here right now and like, what do you care if it's a, if it's a gay bar if they're not doing anything to bother you? Yeah. And the whole like the regulars all start essentially witch hunting to try and figure out who the gay guys might be, and it's one of those things where like it has one of my favorite kind of payoffs ever, which is like Sam really struggles with the whole thing of like I don't want to hurt my business, my regulars are very unhappy, but this is a shitty thing for them to be unhappy about, and it's not, and it culminates with them saying to him essentially sammy what kind of bar do you want this to be and he said it's not going to be the kind of bar i have to throw people out of and so he's like if you don't like that go home and that's a very positive message and especially like i said for the time period yeah yeah, especially 1983 but because it's an episode of television about a bunch of like middle-aged white dudes in the 80s who are homophobic there's some really cringy moments in there in hindsight because as you're watching it, it's like product of its time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's and and so it's one of those like it's it's a very sex positive and it's a very pro LGBT episode of television. It's an episode of television that people have written about and talked about, but because it's a product of its time, yep. And, how and, how much does context matter? And and I absolutely want you to watch uh this movie it, i own yeah. it so so um, if, if i can't find it streaming i'll borrow it yeah yeah. yeah and you might not because it's one of those weird movies that i just i don't think it ever got talked about it was, yeah it was kind of a blip um yeah very... i still have my vhs copy of 20 dates for that reason nice because uh, it never came out on dvd or digital nice it actually used to be on hulu for a little while and then vanished entirely you know there's a movie that i would love to watch again that i've never seen since What's ecv that? days entropy with Steven Dorff. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember uh, that. Love that. Well, I it's it's the U2 that. movie, because I believe they produced it, and they're oh. in it, um, because uh, the main character is a director, and he ends up, I think he gets to start by directing music videos oh, on, okay. on YouTube. But, uh, uh, weird, weird thing, and you probably yeah. know this, but 
uh, in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, the future High Council, you know the black guy with the giant hair? Yeah. Clarence Clemens, the sax player for Bruce Springsteen. Nice. But yeah, so like yeah. I always like weird yeah. little like oh, yeah, yeah, why yeah. is he the okay. okay that makes sense yeah yeah he did he recently passed away yeah yeah uh, there's actually uh, former baseball player too wasn't he or sports athlete maybe football player I think football because he was he was big and he had knee problems and back problems because he was so big yeah so I mean did. they literally he his nickname was the big man yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I have never read his I I own his autobiography and haven't read it it's one of those things where <laughs> but, but uh, the time. yeah. But um, but yeah. So uh, any any final thoughts before we wrap up? Um, no. Just other than I mean, I, maybe a product of his time, but I yeah. I yeah, still yeah. I still think it's a delightful movie and worth a watch. If honestly, if for nothing more than the soundtrack, but yeah. I do think there's a lot more there. Timothy Oliphant is, at least at the time, was mm. a gem in the movie. Emil Hirsch and, and so with with solid, yeah. really solid performances by Hirsch and Cuthbert, mm. um, and. I will say the the movie that this makes me want to dig back up and kind of exhume. No, it's not even go. Uh, Just Friends uh, with Ryan Reynolds and Amy. Yep. Uh, uh, smart. Amy Smart. Thank yep. you. Um, because like uh, yep. again, it's a movie that like the whole friend zone thing has not aged well. But I remember the movie being generally very positive and very charming, and like the performances I, being good. Um, I love uh, Anna Faris in that movie. She oh, that's is right. That's her. She yeah. yeah. She is great. And actually, you know what's interesting? Circle the little brother in Just Friends. Yeah. Is in uh, the girl next door oh. as the overly oversexed oh, friend. Okay. Oh yeah yeah that guy that guy. yes. Oh shoot. I'm never gonna remember the name. No I know yeah. but. And I don't think he's done. But much. I have context for it. But now. but yeah, yeah yeah but yeah. Um, wow, that was yeah. Good job. Uh, but that's another one that I feel like um, the movie itself generally was positive. It was fun. It was whatever. Yeah. I think Just Friends is the the kind of the opposite. Like with with the girl next door, there's a little bit of like squick in there because oh, yeah, it's yeah. like of the era. But I feel like with Just Friends, like the whole friend zone thing might actually because it's so pervasive it might actually ruin the movie for a lot of people. Like, I feel like it, because it's such a pervasive thing and that's become such a toxic thing in the, in the years since, I feel like it might actually, like, make that movie untenable to a lot of people. It'd be worth another... It'd be worth another watch, but mm-hmm. I have a feeling that's a movie that's gonna have the age generation bias where if, if you're old enough... If you're old enough to remember that it exists, then you'll probably not be as offended. <laughs> More or less, yeah. Like, yeah. It, and I'm not gonna say lived through it, but like lived through an era where it wasn't thought of as toxic. Yeah, yeah. That I, I don't think you'll have a problem with it. You still may, it still may have cringeworthy moments. Yeah. But also, on the same time, like if you're yeah. young enough, you'd be like, oh no, 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 no. And, yeah, I, yeah. and I think each are equally valid. Right. And and again, like that's that's the thing. Like yeah. I've seen a lot of these things where, like, you'll see a new pitch, you'll see a trailer, and you're like, who thought that was a good idea? Yes. And a lot of the time, the reason is just context. It's yeah. like, like, there's a movie out there with Jeremy Renner and Gabrielle Union. Uh, it's called Neo-Ned. Uh, Jeremy Renner plays a neo-Nazi who falls in love with a black woman. This is a movie that got made. Uh, but it got made in, like, 2003, uh, where it's like that was a really stupid idea but 
it was shortly after um, American History X, and also that I hate to say it, but that era, the blatant racism wasn't there. Racism was there. Yeah, it just yeah, wasn't but as it wasn't blatant. as cultural. Well, yeah. it. I would say it's it's always been pretty blatant, but it wasn't culturally a thing that we were talking about and examining on a regular yes. basis. Um, but I but that's that's the bottom line. Yeah. Is that at the end of the day, like neo Nazis were so culturally marginalized yeah. until essentially Trump that for a good chunk of years they were they they mostly served as either fringe terrorists or the butts of jokes. Yeah, and. There wasn't this sense that like having them in a movie was implicitly a terrible idea. Yeah. Now I still think a a movie where the whole setup is a neo-Nazi yeah. falling for a black woman is self-evidently an awful idea, and yes. I have no idea why. I mean, at that point, uh, Renner wasn't really famous, but Gabriel Union, like she was in yeah. a position to have turned down that movie, and I'm not sure why she, she wouldn't did. have. Yeah. Um, but uh, maybe she was <clears throat> thought she was fighting the. Yeah, I mean, and maybe it's it's yeah, very it's knows. entirely possible. And again, I haven't watched it. Yeah. Uh, because it just I, I learned that it existed a little while ago, and it seemed like a perfect example of what we're talking oh, about. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, but it's the same thing with Just Friends. It's like if you watch that trailer now, and he says "friend zone" twenty two times, you're just like, who thought that was a good idea? But like at the time, it was not like it wasn't a phrase that was that was really like there wasn't an wasn't MRA text. internet yeah. movement. Yeah. There wasn't you know, fucking incels and whatever. And, like, yeah. it, it wasn't a thing. Like, it, the, the fact that it was introduced, it was like, oh, this is a funny thing. Like, that's a phrase that I think we invented for Revenge of the Nerds or something, and, yeah. you know. But, uh, but yeah, that's one that, that I almost... I do think for a lot of people, especially people younger than us, that's, that's they, they, would, they could yeah. watch Girl Next Door and just knowing, like, it's a product of its time, there's a couple of jokes in there I might not like. But like, overall, I think... But could, whatever. Yeah. But, like, I feel like... I almost feel like Just Friends, which at the time did better, was oh, generally yeah. more warmly received. Uh, probably now you'd look at it and be like, ooh, ooh who, who thought that was a good idea? Yeah. Um, but again, a great cat. I mean, yeah. I, I think Amy Smart is one of those people I, it's a crime that she hasn't... Yeah. I, and you know what's funny? Like, uh, the only other movie <laughs> that I... I mean, she's been in other movies. Yeah, oh, the yeah, only yeah, other lots. movie that I really equate her with is Butterfly Effect, which is yeah. also not a bad movie. No, I, no, no. I thought it was a really well done movie, despite having Aston Kutcher at the time, who has grown into yeah, a much yeah. better actor than anybody ever thought was possible. Yeah. But at the time when that movie came out, people were like, Him? Amy Smart was the female lead in um, the Battle of Shaker Heights, mm-hmm. which was one of the, which was the rare, like objectively genuinely good Shia LaBeouf movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was a really cute movie. Uh, it came out shortly after Holes. It was a blockbuster exclusive at the time. Yep. No, I, I remember um, it. And then uh, she was also, she was the crazy girl in the helicopter in the It's a Mad, 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 Mad World remake, which yep. was... Uh, Rat Race. Thank you, yeah. Yep. Um, Breckin Meyer and her had got the yeah. relationship thing. Yep. Breckin Meyer of du jour fame. Yes. So we're going right oh, back yes. around. Yes. All right, any final thoughts? Uh, no, no, that was it. All right. Uh, Logan, it's always a pleasure. Yes. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at ECV underscore podcast. You can find us at emeraldcityvideo.net, or you can subscribe to us on uh, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Music, Spotify, all those good places. Leave us a review. Tell us how wonderful we are. And uh, 
we have at least one new subscriber who's been very active on, on Twitter who's going to be super excited about this conversation. Because oh. with the new release, while Zach and I are usually very structured, mm-hmm. we're very um, spoiler-phobic because we don't want to ruin the right. experience for people. Um, with a conversation like this where we just kind of kind of went yeah, all just, over the place. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is like, we have a... That's a, usually what happens with you and I because well, exactly. we're just like, eh. uh, But we, we we have some people who've been commenting on the Twitter lately that are like, just like listening to old, old episodes mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, I love how you guys just kind of like let the conversation <laughs> take you where it goes. And I'm just like, yeah, unfortunately, like once it gets to be basically just me and Zach all the time, that doesn't happen nearly as much. So yeah. I, gotta, I gotta point people at this one and be like, hey, we well, have... Well, and, and I'm hoping that this will mark uh, at least, at least me showing up a little bit more. Yeah, uh, well, that's, and, that's, and, that's a goal for 2019. Yeah, and and in general, uh, the 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 show is gonna get a little bit of a shake up post 100 because uh, I I've kind of hinted at this. This is the 96th episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the 100th episode will be coming along soon-ish, and uh, in April is the 10th anniversary of the closing of Emerald City Video, uh, and so. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff that we're going to be doing for both the 100th and for the 10th anniversary. Uh, and one of the things I really want to do with the podcast this year is shake it up just enough to make it more interesting to people and to make it more interesting to me without losing the identity of the right. show. So I'm not going to talk about exactly what that is, but it is going to involve doing my damnedest to get more co-hosts and not have it just be me and Zach talking about new movies as much. Because uh, while some of those episodes can be very good, and actually our most downloaded episode ever is one of those. Nice. Um, it's the tr- our when we basically crapped on Transformers the last night for two hours. <laughs> um, to me, it's those are those are less fun than yeah. like conversations that just kind of go where they go. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Logan hopefully will be around oh, a yes. lot more in 2019. Yes. But in general, the show is gonna have more guest hosts in 2019, and I've got specific plans on how to make that happen. Good. So. Thanks for listening, and uh, as always, be back by noon on the fifth day for more from Emerald City Video, and always remember to rewind your cassettes.